0: Hey, 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 this is your host for the For the Win podcast, David the Dollar Douglas. And I am so excited to be back in the studio, back in your ears, uh, talking to you about sports. So let's get into it. First thing I want to talk about today is the NFL draft, man. That was exciting. Biggest turnout ever in draft history in Nashville. You know, it was kind of weird seeing people in the streets, but I kind of liked it. It showed the city and the vibrancy, and it was exciting, and there was a lot happening, and it wasn't just this claustrophobic, indoor, stale environment. It was actually very, very fun. Now, here's what's happening, and and it's going to happen for the next several weeks, and it's going to happen, well, really until just about uh, the first game starts, and that is... And analyzing how every team did. I mean, good God Almighty. The draft ended, and five seconds later, McShay and Kuyper over on ESPN had their, you know, best 32 picks in the draft, and worst 32 picks in the draft came out the day later, and, you know, grades for each team. And just stop. Let's call it what it is, gang. This is a job to sell radio ratings and TV ratings and get website clicks. And that's it. And it's fun to talk about, but it's mental masturbation. Let me tell you why. We're not going to know how this draft class does for another three to five years. What do you mean, Dave? Well, because you don't know. Because a quarterback can be great in college and they can be terrible In the NFL, Uh, a a linebacker can project great in college and be awful in the NFL and vice versa. You could see someone that really in college, they're a fine player, but are they going to be any good at the next level? I mean, some of the best players in NFL history have come from small, no-name schools, Schools that you didn't even know existed. They've been middle to late round picks. You don't know who's going to win the draft. If you did, if we knew, if Kuiper and McShay were able to, with certainty, predict who was going to be a success in the NFL and who wasn't, they wouldn't be working for ESPN. Yeah, that's right, because... Somebody, any team, pick one. They'd pay them tens of millions of dollars to run their draft every year without question. That's their only job. McShay and Kuyper's only job is to look at college players and to predict where they're going to go in the draft and to text and engage with NFL execs and to communicate who they think is going to go where and they're going to give their ratings, and they get it wrong. Is it because they wanna be wrong? No, the thing is, they want to be correct. They want to be right, and they still get it wrong. It is their only job, day in and day out, year after year, is to do this one thing who is going to be good and who is not in the NFL. That's it. Imagine you having one job. I mean, really, for a second. Many of us that are listening to this podcast, you work at a company or you own a company, and guess what? You work multiple jobs. You're not just the guy that's packaging the boxes. You're also responsible for Filling out purchase orders. And you're also the person that's responsible for mailing out receipts. And you're also the person that's responsible for making sure that the floor is clean. And you're also the person that's responsible for yada, yada, yada. If you're in banking, your job is not just, hey, I'm going to try and get that person to sign a loan. It's also to go out and be in the community. Be part of what's going on. You don't have one job to do. You have seven If you're a small business owner, you do 25 different things, right? Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, one job to do. They want to get it right, and they can't do it. It's because it's not that easy. Now, why isn't it that easy, Dave? Why shouldn't it be that easy? I'll tell you. In between the ears lies the brain. And these players, they all have a narrator that's going on at all times right between those ears it's telling them they're doing a good job they're doing a bad job they're satisfied with their life they're not satisfied with their life they should be dating this woman they shouldn't be dating that woman they should be getting this contract they shouldn't be getting that contract they deserve more money they deserve more respect they should be starting ahead of that guy What happens in the brain is actually what dictates the success of almost every single player and you don't know what's going on in their brain. Because we're evolving species, right? And so when you try to say, hey, here's what the draft is gonna be, you fail. So when you grade a team's draft, you fail. Whether you give them a high score or a low score, you may be right three to five years from now, you may be right. We may look back on the Colts draft this year and say, that was an A! They did great again! But we may look back on it three to five years from now and say, that was a C. Minus. We thought that guy was going to be great. He was terrible. Can't predict injury. Can't predict if a guy's going to lose it. Really can't predict if there's going to be a Domestic assault issue, if there's going to be drug problems. Sometimes these things happen out of nowhere. And sometimes the pressure's too much. And sometimes the guy's just lazy. I want to look at a couple picks that Mel Mel Kuyper has made throughout the years. He's been doing this for 30 plus years. I just want to talk about this. Some things that he thought, that he saw that was going to be great. Here's what he had. Uh, remember that 1998 draft? That was a good draft, right? Uh, and uh, that was the one with Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf and Charles Woodson and Keith Brooking. That was a good good group right there. Matt Hasselback. That year... Uh, Mel Kuyper came out with his best available people, right? Peyton Manning's in there. Ryan Leaf was highly touted by many people. Who did he have as the top-ranked one? Andre Wadsworth. Defensive end. Compared him to Bruce Smith. Yeah, he wasn't that great. Charles Woodson was second. Peyton Manning was third. Ryan Leaf was fourth. Keith Brooking was fifth, and Curtis Enos with sixth. That was best available in his draft that year. They were half of those. a Bus, Woodson, Manning, Brooking all had great careers. Other guys terrible. What are some other times he's had some bad ones? Two thousand one draft. Ladanian Tomlinson. Was ranked 25th best overall player. Yeah, he was a rock star. Uh, Hall of Famer. Hmm. 1990, seventh overall pick. Andre Ware would be an excellent quarterback in the NFL. Goes to Detroit. He's terrible. Ooh, ooh, here's a good one. 2009. Aaron Curry, top prospect. The 2009 draft couldn't miss five years, five and a half sacks. That draft class, there were a ton of other players that were fantastic, and he was the top one. Alkali Smith, he liked him, Kuiper liked Manziel. Liked Ricky Stansy. Remember that guy? Came out, was backup quarterback, in Kansas City. Terrible. Liked Ryan Leaf's attitude. He liked Ryan Leaf's attitude. Said Jamarcus Russell would be like an Elway type player. Jamarcus Russell. Oh, Mike Williams be a Hall of Famer for the Detroit Lions when he was picked 10th overall and then he promised that Jimmy Clausen would be a successful NFL quarterback and if he wasn't, he'd retire look, folks again, this is his only job to do and he can't get it right so how do you grade NFL drafts? I'm going to tell you right now Here's how I look at it every single time. The GM of any team that's been there for a while. What's their record like? Here's what I know. I'm going to pick some teams. I'm going to tell you how they do in the draft historically. And I'm going to tell you why I assume that this draft will be the same. Okay? Let's start with the Patriots. The Patriots historically, don't have good first-round draft picks. In fact, historically, the places where their best young players come from, third through seventh round and unsigned free agents, undrafted free agents. That's where they come from. Their best assets come from those places. Oh, and the throwaways from other teams teams that don't get the value from a player and they see the value from that player. Most of their first round draft picks suck. Second round draft picks, not so good. They have some. If you really want to see what they do great, they they draft great grunts. Outside the lines, the numbers, not good. They're not great at drafting corners. They're not great at drafting safeties. They're not great at drafting wide receivers. You know what they are really good at? O-line, D line, tight ends, linebackers. That's it, baby. Anything in the box, they're great at it. Outside, no. They're gonna get you a Danny Woodhead, right? He's gonna be fine. He's a running back who can do some things in New England. As soon as he leaves New England, he's terrible. Great wide receiver that they've drafted. I can't rem I can't I can't think of one. They always go find somebody else. So look, I look at their draft this year and I go, okay, okay, cool. We're gonna have some really good players. We're gonna have some really good players that come out of their draft. Why? Because they, they they drafted people to play in the box. That's that's what they do. Like that's that's who they are. Do I think that they're going to, you know, that they found their quarterback of the future because they made that that one pick? No. No. I don't. Because guess what? They've drafted a lot. A lot of players to try and replace Tom Brady. They found one in Jimmy G. I think they drafted like 10 quarterbacks. I can't remember the full number. It's like 10 or 11 quarterbacks since Brady came in. Jacoby Brissett was pretty good. Don't think he replaced Brady. Jimmy G was probably the only one. Do I think they're going to do great? Yeah, look, they got Chase Winovich out of Michigan. Again, they, they draft good on the defensive end or defensive line. He's, that's what he plays. They got an offensive tackle out of West Virginia. They got a guard out of Arkansas. Got a D tackle out of Maryland. Yeah, they got a, they got a punter out of Stanford. They're, those are probably all. Those were probably all great players. All right, let's go to somebody else. Well, Let's, let's just talk about some other teams, right? Oh, you know what? I mentioned Mentioned them. Uh, let, let's look at the Colts, right? What do we know about Chris Ballard? Chris Ballard, he's really good at drafting. Smart guy. Third season. He's good. Historically, he's drafted good, solid starters. Who'd he get? cornerback at a temple he had three second round picks he did great, look he got serves across the board why? do I think that all of them are going to win? no what, what's, what Chris Ballard has done in the first two years is he's found great values second, third, fourth round I expect the same here they had five picks in the second, third, and fourth round I'm sure that they'll have something that comes somebody that comes out of the fifth, sixth, or seventh they got five other picks there I think Look, they'll have somebody that comes out of there, but it won't be amazing. But those those five guys that came in two, three, and four, they're going to be great. More than likely. Four out of five of them going to be great. Uh, let's pick another one. Dallas Cowboys. Look, they have a long history here. They have a long history of picking players. You want to know where they pick great players? Second, third, fourth rounds. They're value picks. They also do good in the first round if they're picking uh, soft skill players um, or they're picking offensive linemen. Defensive linemen, not so great. Defensive backs, first round, not so great. Offensive linemen, skill players, pretty good. Running back, wide receiver, yeah, pretty damn good. Outside of that, second, third, fourth round, pretty solid. So do I like their first, those four, you know, first three picks in those rounds? Yeah, I do. Look, they had a bust last year in the guard that they took in the second round. Everybody thought that he was really good. He didn't play so good last year as a rookie. We'll see what he does in year two, because again, it takes three to five years to really tell what a draft class is, but I think there's some legs there. Let's pick one more. Let's pick the giant. Dave Gettleman, okay? This guy is not a salesman. I don't know how the fuck he got his job, but seriously, he can't sell freaking water to a man dying of thirst on a desert island. They picked Daniel Jones. Okay. Maybe he's great. I have no idea. What has David Gettleman done in the draft since he's been there? Not a whole lot. Oh, well that's that's disturbing. Do we think that something's changed? No, I don't think that anything's changed. You look at the Redskins, not drafting great players. Well, what's up with that? They have one hit wonders. RG three was great for that rookie season, and then he sucked because he was hurt, couldn't play. league caught up. The Giants are the same. They pick these players that are decent, and they're gone. And they can't keep them right now. OBJ, gone. Their best player is gone. Well, they got Saquon Barkley. Right. Yeah, they got Saquon Barkley. With the number two pick last year uh, in a quarterback-rich draft, and they picked a running back who's now by himself. Smart move. Smart. Really good. Yeah, you should keep doing that. No. <laughs> Teams are going to pick historically the way that they have picked historically. How you do anything is how you do everything. All right? And the how the Giants are going to do this is haphazardly. There's no thought process. There's no idea of how they're actually going to get it done. This is just, yeah, let's pick that guy. That seems fun. Let's do that. Oh, oh, there's a... We, we've got two more picks in the first round. Oh, holy shit, who do you pick? Defensive tackle? Cornerback? Let's do it! Not great. So, how do I score NFL teams' drafts? Come back to me in three to five years. We'll know who's winning Super Bowls, who's been fired, and who's still in the NFL. And until then, to anyone's best guess, shifting gears to what everyone wants to talk about today, and it's a load of bullshit too, the Houston Rockets yesterday decided to, well, conveniently leak that uh, they had a document put together with all of the 81 missed calls and non-calls in their Game 7 against the Warriors last year. I don't know if you saw it. It's been over every major news outlet. And in that memo that, again, was conveniently leaked the day before Game 2, where they have a referee that they don't like refereeing the game... They said that it cost the Rockets 18.6 points in that game and that they would have won. And that if they would have gotten that win, then they would have won the NBA Finals. And so that that cost the franchise at least $20 million. This is the worst case scenario for the NBA. The last thing that they want The last thing that they want is for the refs to be called into question by some goddamn analytic junkies. Now listen, I love analytics, okay? The way that we do picks for the win, we use analytics through our proven uh, process and methodology, AI software, to help us figure out who's gonna win and predict every game. I love analytics. Here's where it gets wonky. It's not just analytics. It's got to be analytics plus. And when you just go based off analytics or you just go based off of, well, if I look at each and every play several times in slow motion, I can, can I find a foul? Terrible waste of time. But now... The NBA has to deal with an issue with Houston Rockets. Now, this has already been mentioned to the commissioner prior to this. Again, the memo was actually sent to the commissioner months ago. Just got leaked today. Yesterday, rather. Oh, and that's only relevant because today, again, they play that game too. Oh, oh, it's so weird how that happened. I don't even know what's going on. The NBA should fine the shit out of the Houston Rockets. That's what should happen today. Because this was done intentionally. It was done to sway the refs in this series. It's clear the Rockets did it. It wasn't somebody else. They should be fined an inordinate amount of money. Because this is bullshit. Oh, and Houston. You know, I know that uh, it was 18.6 points. You guys would have won the game. That's what you're gypped out of. I'm sure that the fact that you went 0 for 27 on threes in that game seven for a stretch last year, that had, that had nothing to do with you losing 0 for 27 when you were like shooting 38% on the season. That didn't have anything. Yeah, if you just would have shot... Nine of those three. If you would have sunk three of the uh, nine of those threes, it's 27 points. You would have won the game easily. You couldn't even shoot 5% below your season average. Couldn't even. It was 0%. 0 for 27. I think the problem was not the referees. So now what you're doing is you're trying to change the subject. It's not us, it's the refs. Stop it. This is boring asinine bullshit you're in a great series i mean for all intents and purposes this is the nba finals see so bring up the refs by the way how much did they how much do you think they paid the rockets to get that analysis done Let's say they did it in-house. We just went off like time spent by quants. It's got to be wh- hundreds of thousands of dollars. Looking at video, reanalyzing video, looking at, you know, historical data of average free throw percentage for each player that year and like <sighs> It's crazy. It's crazy. To identify a number that doesn't matter. It was a year ago. And here we are talking about it because you leaked it, assholes. Fucking Daryl Morey. Like seriously. It's amazing to me. And and, and what here's what the, the last thing I want to say about this, really. Uh I'm tired of this being the conversation. Like, can we just enjoy the game? Can we just enjoy what we have? And this is really a transition into a different topic, but the topic is the same, and that it is, <laughs> we never enjoy what we have in the moment. We only enjoy it after it's passed. I don't, I don't want to see Alabama in the championship anymore. We have a team that goes to the championship every year in the college football playoff. They've been dominant for over a decade. They've got arguably the best college coach we've ever seen coach. I'm bored. Get over it. We're watching greatness. Michael Jordan's playing. I just want to see someone rival Michael. No one can really beat the Bulls right now. Then it's gone. God, those were the good days. Wasn't Jordan? I mean, Jordan was a monster. Okay, none of the none of the stars wanted to play with each other. They all hated each other. They wanted to dominate. It's not like today. All the. All the stars are buds. They're all friends. Everyone's going to play with each other. We got super teams. I hate it. Are you kidding? In 15 years, the whole league will be different. You know why I know that? Because it's different than it was 15 years ago. Shit, it's different than it was five years ago. It's going to change again, man. And at that point in time, we're going to look back and we're going to say, oh, I wish I wish we had it like it was back then. That was special. I liked it. We get upset whenever the Patriots keep going to the Super Bowl. Damn those Patriots. Always in the Super Bowl. Damn those Warriors. Got a super team. Come on, man. We're never going to see this again. We're never going to see the combination Again, we're never going to get to watch these people compete again. and We get so caught, so distracted with points and referees and anger and ire and frustration and boredom over the things that are, longing for something to be different. Enjoy while your team is at the bottom. You know what was heartbreaking for me? when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series one year into being good. 108 years without a championship, one year into being good, they won the championship. It would have been better if that drug on a little bit longer because they were the lovable losers. Now they're a recent World Series champ. People still like the Cubs. Cubs. The whole country was rooting for them in that World Series. The entire country. We miss these things, guys. We miss these beautiful little moments that we have with history. These moments in time when things weren't as they are. And we miss the beauty of how things are now. And the fact that they're not going to be that way in the future. Enjoy what we have. We have a point in time in the NBA where there are a crop of young stars who are really only aging out a couple. Dirk and Wade just retired. LeBron's on the back nine of his career. He's playing in LA. Durant's now the best player in the NBA. Giannis is amazing, and he's going to be the heir apparent. We've got young guys under the age of 25 who are fantastic. Franchises that currently are not relevant are going to be. We've got nothing, nothing but awesome things that are about to happen, and are currently happening. We get to watch the Warriors... Try to go again for another championship. I'm tired of it. Deal with it. It's happening. You can't do anything to stop it. So enjoy it. Watch Boston try and take down Giannis. Watch Giannis try and win by himself. This is the good stuff. This is the stuff that 10 years from now, you're going to be telling your kids... Or your grandkids. Yeah, you think this is cool, but you should have seen it when. Those were the good days. You're in the good days. All right, let's talk about it. Let's get to it. My favorite point in the podcast. Let's get to that pick, baby. All right. Uh speaking of Boston and Milwaukee. Um Boston at Milwaukee tonight game numero dos Boston won the first one uh, Milwaukee is favored by seven and a half points I love this game I love it for a number of reasons the biggest reason why I like this game everyone thinks that Milwaukee is going to come out and beat the crap out of them after that display that's why that, point, that, that line is seven and a half Vegas is begging you they're begging you to take the under. Right? Because Boston, they just won seven and a half. What are they thinking? Historically, when Milwaukee has lost this season, they have beat the opponent the following game by double digits. Ooh, bet you didn't know that. They play possessed after a loss. I like Milwaukee in this one even with the seven and a half I'm going to swallow the points and take them to win big. Fact if I was a betting man mm -hmm, I'd say they're going to win by at least ten take that to the bank put it in your juice box and suck it are you smelling what I'm stepping in are you receiving what I'm faxing are you picking up what I'm putting down there you go brother. By the way Uh, For our listeners only, we are doing a special deal. Uh, Picksforthewin.com. That is our website where the entire Syndicate uses our very sophisticated uh, software to pick games every single day. We're giving all the listeners of this podcast three days free access to all of our picks. Uh, Just go to our website, picksforthewin.com. That's picksforthewin.com. Go to three-day membership on the... uh, page there select that and then type in three the number three free into the promo code and you will get three free days uh of what normally costs you a 100 bucks you get it for free uh you can see all the picks we're making and how we're doing i'm just gonna let you know if you would have been betting our picks from this weekend you would have made a 4x on each of your picks. Uh, we just absolutely killed it doing some round robins, some straight up bets, over unders, you name it. We had it going on, and it made some people some serious money this weekend. Join the hundreds of other members currently subscribing to the for the win website and get to making some money. Uh, we're betting 68%, and honestly, if I could win at 68% of life. Uh, I think that I'd probably be the happiest person on the planet because uh, my children would go to bed uh, on time at least 7 out of 10 nights. I mean, that's pretty good right now. I think I'm lucky if I get them to go to bed on time 1 out of 10 nights. So, anyways, go to PicksForTheWin.com and check that out. If you're looking for a place to uh, place some bets, uh, go to WagerForever.net. Uh, that is one of our... Uh, Advertising sponsors, wagerforever.net, they can set you up there. Until next time, I am your host, David the Dollar Douglas. Catch you next week.